We just need to get more and more people vaccinated. Sponsored by Pfizer. I told you, sir, you should have got vaccinated. Brought to you by Pfizer. 99.5% of the deaths from COVID-19. Brought to you by Pfizer. Clandestine Radio. Uncovering the truth. Exploring the Welcome to Behind the Radio. I feel that I can confidently say if anything is going to get me canceled and the show taken down, it's going to be these. Good evening, Curious Minds out there, and welcome to episode four of Behind the Radio. As always, I'm your host, DJ Joswa, and I really appreciate you joining us this evening. This is in reference to episode eight, Hat Man, Sleep Demon, Shadow People, and Beyond. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would always suggest that you go check that one out first. But uh, I think it was a good episode. I think that you will enjoy it uh, if you haven't heard it. I've had a few people reach out and say that they really liked it. Had someone tell me it was their favorite episode so far. Um, a little bit of a deviation from our standard topics that we've you know, been discussing most of this season. But it's definitely one of those things that I've been wanting to get into since uh, when I started this podcast. That's why I named the podcast what I did. Um, I really wanted to cover more of the unsolved, the, the strange, the paranormal and uh, I thought this was a good opportunity to do that so and it's also a story as I got into a little bit in the episode that I have a connection with it's something that I have experienced personally Um, a lot of the stranger things that I'm going to talk about um, coming up next season are also things that I have personal experiences with so if you enjoy me talking about um, stuff like that and kind of sharing the, the strange things that have gone on in my life, then I think that you will really enjoy season two. I'm going to be pulling a lot more from my life in that second season. And like I said, we'll still be talking about relevant things that need to be discussed. And uh, there's still a little bit of crazy conspiracy stuff that's going to be in that season. Um, Nikola Tesla. I don't know if anybody else uh, that's listening caught the episode drop that I did. Um, I basically just on our Facebook page posted the names of a couple of the episodes that are coming up in season two. Um, and Nikola Tesla, his death is, is one of those topics, which if you've never really looked into it, it's far more fascinating than you probably think. And it's one that doesn't get talked about a lot. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to cut through some of the, the lies and the hype and the perceived reality around what happened to Tesla and give you everything that I've found and I've found a lot so I think you guys will enjoy that episode as well but getting back to episode eight yeah I I wanted to say I wanted to share with you in this without you know digging back through the episode itself just a ton I feel like I, I pretty well covered what I wanted to cover in that episode and um achieved what I needed to with that but there were a few things 
that I didn't share in the main episode that I wanted to kind of take this opportunity with you to uh, give you those. And one of those is, I don't know if anyone has ever experienced sleep paralysis. It, it's, it, I talked about it, like I said, in the episode, it, it happens to a lot of people that have these hat man encounters. They'll wake up, feel frozen, immobilized with fear, uh, can't move. And a lot of them involve very vivid, lifelike hallucinations of various things. One of those things very frequently being this hat man character. So I told you guys about, at least part of anyways, the nightmares that I was having with a, a very similar entity, the, the recurring every night, uh, extremely terrifying nightmares about this guy in a hat and a coat and, and uh, very similar features uh, to the hat man that would pursue me and, and battle with me and, and all these crazy scenarios happened. Um, and I'll get a little more deeper into the main topic of uh, how the dream started here in just a minute but I wanted to just briefly say I have experienced sleep paralysis it's only been one time and it was right after a, a particularly very frightening one of these dreams where I had pretty much been caught by him and uh, I don't really remember what all happened in the dream itself outside of you know the the typical pretty much what happened every time you know um but i remember waking up uh, my eyes fully open i was wide awake this was not a dream this was not part of the dream i was jolted awake from the dream you know when something uh, you die or you fall or something crazy happens in a, in a dream or nightmare and then you're kind of jolted awake you know that feeling well I had that feeling and my eyes popped open I could see everything in my room it was dark but I could still see and I knew I could not move uh, no matter how hard I tried uh, I couldn't speak I couldn't move it, it was like something was sitting on my chest and just holding me down and though I couldn't see anything on my chest I could vividly feel and perceive there being something with its hands on me just pushing me down into the bed um, I felt without a doubt that he was there with me and I don't know if that comes just from having just experienced a dream where he had just caught me or, or grabbed me or whatever um, and it just kind of translated a little bit into reality they kind of bled together but I had just the distinct sensation that he was right there in the shadows staring at me the whole time and I couldn't force my head up enough to like look into those shadows and investigate it or, or you know confirm it or rule it out for myself or whatever so it was just like three minutes of intense terror and fear and the inability to do anything about it and it was really weird how it kind of just faded away like gradually like I think I was able to like force my arm up or like my hand I was able to curl my hand up and, and eventually bring it up to my head and then it just kind of you know left my body basically it was like everything the sensation was like that but what i perceived was as if this dark force uh just above me kind of like coalesced from things in the shadows just like swirled into this one thing right on top of me and then that just shot out the door like i could hear it i could see it i could feel it it was just uh, 
the strangest thing that I can possibly try to explain to you in words. I, I could never really convey exactly what happened, but uh, that's about as good as I can get with it. It gives me chills a little bit now even to talk about it because it was, uh, it was very, very strange and uh, something that stuck with me, definitely. And I haven't really discussed uh, my childhood a whole lot or the things that I've been through, but uh, I will just briefly kind of say my memory very very spotty at best uh there are huge sections of time that are just basically completely inaccessible to me so sometimes stuff like this will just come in like little bits and uh i don't have all the connecting pieces or whatever for it so that a great thing about doing these little btr follow-ups is i'll remember something and i can kind of give it to you here when i didn't remember it in the, the original telling of it or whatever. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say about the episode, which is uh, particularly creepy, I feel, but it, it wasn't something that, I'm going to be honest with you here, it wasn't something that I didn't remember in this case. It was just, I didn't want to take away from the validity, the believability or the reality of the story that I told you. Because it was all actually 1000% happened to me. Um, but what I didn't say to a lot of people is going to seem, you know, outlandish or unbelievable. And I didn't want anyone to hear this part and just be like, ah, oh, you made the whole thing up. Because I didn't. It, it 1000%, it happened to me. <laughs> okay. And anyone that's known me long enough knows this story. So, but what, not this part. And I, I, I talked to somebody to kind of help compel me. I was already kind of thinking about it, but I wanted to share this little tidbit with you. So when I was telling the story, I described how my frequent uh, only option to get away would be to jump into the laundry chute and ride it down to the basement. And then, you know, a fire would erupt and all this stuff would always happen or whatever. And I kind of made it out like these apartments had a laundry chute, or these townhouses rather, but they did not have a laundry chute, not when I lived there. It was a piece of paneling on one side of the wall that I kind of remember, but it was, it was covered up. I mean, I had no idea what it was. No one ever told me what it was, but um, what came to light, I'll say, uh, many years after the fact, my mother had a friend when we were up there this is up in cincinnati by the way um and her friend had lived in these townhouses for I don't know, at least 20 something years quite quite some time and my mom wanted me to tell her about these dreams about these nightmares i don't know what the purpose of that was but uh, i did so you know i knew this woman well and i was happy to tell people pretty much anything when i was a kid so i went through the whole spiel with her told her about the laundry stuff and everything that happened you know the whole process of the dream or whatever and so i left now bear in mind you know i had no concept of these townhouses beyond what a three or four year old would really have about them i was very young when these started so i go outside to play and it wasn't until i was i had stopped having these nightmares so around 13 or 14 i suppose when my mother finally decided to tell me that right after I left, 
and I noticed that this woman kind of went pale and seemed a little bit scared when I told her about the dream and you know I, I didn't know what to attribute that to I was too young to really understand I just knew she kind of looked weird when I was telling her about it and I thought well maybe she didn't want to hear about it um apparently right after I left she had turned to my mother and said you know that there was a laundry chute here right and you know my mother didn't know anything more about the apartments than I did really uh the townhouse we hadn't been there a terribly long time at this point um and she said no she said yeah yeah there used to be a laundry chute exactly where he's talking about and it went down into the basement and it was there until there was a fire and that fire started in the laundry room which chilled my mother to the bone and it has my hairs uh, every time i get into this story every hair on my body stands up i wish i could show you <laughs> the hairs on my arm right now and, and again like in the episode you can probably hear it in my voice but um it, that has always screwed with me uh, it's, whenever she told me that it's, it's like i had to sit down <laughs> like i found that incredibly strange i don't know what to attribute that to but it, it just sort of uh, i guess lends a little bit of credence to the reality of dreams like that and and that entity in and of itself but i thought that you guys might find that interesting or entertaining um maybe a little spooky so i thought i would share that with you um other than that yeah i i don't have a whole whole lot that i want to touch on as far as the last episode goes i feel like we pretty well covered everything in that there's some things I didn't dig as far into as I could have or, or probably would have in another episode, but uh, it was a bit of a time crunch on it. I, I thought I hit all the high points. We'll go on some deeper dives coming up in Season 2, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Season 2 uh, towards the end of this episode. But for now, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a break from the spooky and paranormal, and we're going to go ahead and do what we love to do on this show, which is talk a little bit about some news stories. And welcome back to the BTR News section tonight. Got a couple of things that I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, the first, you may have heard about the cyber attacks that are going on. Um, a hacking group that is allegedly connected to China and their whole uh, Volt Typhoon, whatever that is, uh, some sort of cyber campaign that our government is hella concerned about has supposedly intruded into the systems of dozens of critical infrastructure units and so we're talking about like water uh, power your utilities and stuff oil and gas pipelines um, transportation and communications and they have uh, basically stolen the credentials like the the access credentials of people with backdoor access into these systems and that's what they're concerned about which i smell some sort i'm gonna go ahead and put this out there now i smell some sort of very likely false flag major cyber attack coming um i've been kind of feeling that for a little while now and while i try to stick mostly just to the stories and the news this one 
really compelled me to have to put that out there. Uh, it's inevitable. They've been hyping it up. Um, Klaus Schwab made a huge spill about it. If you go back and watch some of his great reset stuff at the beginning of the pandemic, um, you'll you'll hear him talking about it too. And I've said this time and time again, when the WEF, uh, particularly if old Klaus Schwab has something to say about something, I highly advise you pay attention to it. Um, it he's not just putting stuff out there and magically it comes true or he's psychic or something. If he talks about something, you, you can rest assured there are intentions to make his little predictions come true. And they pretty much do every single time. So, I think that is definitely an area that you should keep your eye on and watch carefully. And be very skeptical of whatever news you hear coming out about it. Because, uh, okay, well for example, without pointing too many fingers, right after Rumble put up and was hosting the collected footage for the, for the January 6th, protests and all that when they had all the january 6th footage on there they were immediately hit with a massive cyber attack is that a coincidence did china decide to hack them for hosting the january 6th footage i don't know i don't really buy it but um yeah it, that, that happened and i think there's more to come so i really really think that you should keep an eye on that um this whole thing where does it lead to is a good question but if i had to take a stab in the dark i would say this is a great way to start ushering in digital ids and ways of proving your identity online for greater surveillance and monitoring and control um, rarely does anything happen by coincidence first uh, or that doesn't somehow lead to those in power having more control and authority. If you notice, every time something major happens, the end result, especially on, let's say, fishy events, the end result of all of that always ends up with less rights for us and more power concentrated in fewer hands up on the pyramid. So, that was one thing that I really wanted to talk about and just go ahead and put it out there. You, you heard it here. So if something to that effect happens, just coincidentally happens, just ask questions. The other thing I wanted to talk about is something that I have been very passionate in talking about several times on this show, which just keeps continuing. So I felt the need to report on the most recent things, and I'm not talking about the, the Middle Eastern stuff because I really don't even want to dive back into that. Um, I think I've said my piece. I believe those with ears to hear have heard what I have to say about it, and you have your own opinions, and, and it's a hot button topic, and I don't really want to get back into it in depth if I don't have to. But something that I do feel it is time to stop uh, being so conservative, in my opinion, on is the whole thing with Ukraine. So 
Biden just signed a commitment for 200 million more to Ukraine. All right. And according to the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, their own website, the U.S. has given 75 billion. PBS says that they've given, we have given 111 billion. Wall Street Journal says 110 billion. AP News agrees with PBS saying 111 billion. So, lots, lots of money. And this isn't even counting U.S. spending that's associated with the war. A war that was completely avoidable to begin with had it not been such a lucrative opportunity for the war hawks, all of which are heavily invested in the military industrial complex. No conflict of interest there, though. Nope. Not at all. Peace agreements were already reached, okay, before NATO stepped in and basically tossed them off the table like a six-year-old losing in a game of Monopoly. Um, so instead, we've continued to dig a deeper hole of debt to the central banks because we don't have that money, guys. Um, it's not like we're raking in billions and billions uh, of just free money all the time. Uh, we have a huge deficit, so we have to borrow said money every time, which is what's one factor that is inflating the economy is that new money, then it goes right back out to Ukraine. So we've also seen the devastation of the Ukrainian countryside and screwed their country up royally, not to mention squandered the lives of hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers so far. Now, I said this was avoidable, so I'm going to go into real quick how this was avoidable. Well, first, Washington ignored or completely dismissed a long series of Russian warnings. These were escalating warnings, year after year, that Russia would go to war if we continued to try to conscript Ukraine into the hands of NATO and the Western military-industrial complex. U.S. continued on with its covert, as, as well as blatantly overt, meddling in Ukraine's frequent political crises and its civil war in Donbass which was a huge linchpin in all of this. Russia is already encroached on from all sides by NATO. Okay, like they're pretty much fully surrounded by NATO at this point. They didn't want Ukraine to go in there. And they were drawing the line at Ukraine. And honestly, I mean, can you really blame them? Like, let's don't forget that when Cuba, which was never a part of the US, as only a close neighbor, had the gall, the very nerve, to join an anti-American alliance with the Soviet Union some decades ago, uh, we became so infuriated at that idea that we literally took the world right up to the brink of global nuclear war. And total annihilation, okay? It's frequently been said NATO exists to manage the crises that were created by NATO which uh, can be confusing, you know, NATO can be a confusing entity at the best of times to try to understand exactly what all that is, but uh, effectively it functions as a marketing and sales division of Western arms manufacturing, uh, where the goal is to compel each member state to comply to its um, 220 goal or whatever, Basically, 2% of each nation's annual uh, economic activity, I guess we'll say, 
goes to military spending. And 20% of that goes specifically to defense contractors. So every time it gains a new member, it means billions of billions of dollars for Western defense contractors, followed by a steady stream of billions more. That money funds lobbyists and it grooms warmongering politicians in Congress and elsewhere, creating this pseudo-political class that's hell-bent on military-adjacent, at least, profiteering. NATO expansion is more money all around for all of them, and if it starts a war, that's just even more money. Anyway, getting back to my original point, there were plenty of warnings and chances to stop all of this, guys. Like, the year before they invaded Ukraine, okay, Putin repeatedly asked the U.S. and NATO to cease CIA covert ops and other provocations and to leave Ukraine. Washington, D.C., of course, refused that. And when they did finally invade, the military-industrial complex kicked into high gear, just pouring weapons and support in. Within days, however, Russia was once again ready to negotiate, and they stated that Russia would stop, quote, everything all in a moment if Ukraine would meet their demands. Primarily, that was just to keep NATO out of Ukraine. Old Big Z Zelensky, he was also ready to negotiate at that point. However, the U.S. foreign policy establishment and the war profiteers were most certainly not ready to do so. If Zelensky negotiated, then they made it clear that they would stop all support and he would be on his own. And this was around a time when he was already being threatened by the more militant factions within the Ukrainian army um, that did not want. and thought he was soft for considering uh, to kowtow to Russia or whatever. So skip ahead. After the threats of tactical nukes, when they were threatening that they would use tactical nukes if they absolutely had to, and more, and the situation got terrifying for everybody, um, if you were paying any attention, you know, because it felt like we were right on the brink of nuclear war. Uh, so soon after, Russia and Ukraine, uh, their negotiators actually met in Istanbul and rapidly came to a peace agreement. It was put into writing and both sides were tentatively at least ready to sign on. But wait, as has been uh, attested to now by everyone from Ukrainian officials to U.S. foreign policy scholars uh, to former heads of state and more, the Ukrainians didn't agree to finally sign that deal because the U.S. wouldn't let them. Why? Well, I think I already told you. Because it was too damn profitable. And I don't want to get too much further into all this, but just remember what I've told you here. And the next time that we are threatened or guilted into more and more money, kind of like Biden did just, you know, not that long ago, saying that he, we were going to have what he didn't want. None of us wanted our sons and daughters fighting a ground war in Russia or whatever. Basically leveraging people's children to go die in a, a ridiculous BS war that we should have never gotten into to begin with if we didn't give them more money, which they didn't launder, and it circles back around. Meanwhile, what I, what I would, uh, you know, beg you to hold in mind here is don't forget the Hawaiians are still to this day trying desperately to rebuild their lives or just survive 
considering they're in uh, what we've turned into the most expensive state in the country to live in with a measly 700 bucks a piece and nothing else, no further aid to have a house or anything. And that, my friends, is why this story pisses me off as much as it does. And I think if you paid attention the whole time, then you probably feel a little bit of that uh, frustration, indignation, something. It has to at least get you somewhere inside. If you really saw what happened in Hawaii and what our own citizens are facing, what we're all facing with rampant inflation and devaluation of the dollar, and then we turn around and do things that are only going to exasperate that. Uh, not to mention not doing anything to help us whatsoever. And I, I'm not one of those, you know, the, the super merc first kind of thing. But, you know, we, we're kind of struggling. Like if we had it, then yeah, whatever. You know, we'll help around the world. But all we're doing is digging ourselves a much deeper hole. And that is going to continue to bite us like it has been we're all feeling and seeing the effects of it of poor policy decisions and overspending in the wrong areas none of which is benefiting us so this is why it's important to participate in politics guys i know politics sucks i know most people these days are just ready to tune it all out because it's become such a giant dog and pony show either that or they're just fervently you know blue no matter who or whatever side they want to support and they're blind to everything else and they completely miss all of the nuance of the fact that our entire political system is broken <laughs> completely broken and basically just been set on us to divide us further and that's been a goal that has been easily accomplished people tend to buy whatever the media feeds them and so it's it's not hard to rile up one side against the other and then every network decides to take a side and rather than just reporting the news down the middle they give everything with a very biased slant to total propaganda and then you end up with this, you end up with a divided country that's suffering, struggling, and nobody to come save us, except us. So that's why I talk about how we should come together as a community, how we should pitch ideas on how to make things better for everyone, um, brainstorm about other alternatives, better ways to do these things, ways to improve the systems that we have, ways to change the systems that we have. I think this stuff's very important. It's easy to listen to a cool story or, or to whatever and, and then to not think about anything else again. Or just allow yourself to be distracted by the billions and billions of distractions that we have in our lives right now. But that's exactly what the people who are on top of all of this, the people who, who control all of this type of crap, that's exactly what they're counting on. And it's working. Gangbusters. So, just something to consider, even if you hate it. Even if you don't want to hear any more about any of that. Um, I thought it was important to talk about. And I think, you know, moving forward, there's a lot of very important things that we need to talk about. If, you know, you, like myself, are tired of watching what's happening to this country. But that's a discussion for another time. So, to wrap up, guys, uh, 
this was the last episode of season one. Um, I wanted to end it on a different note, you know, and, and switch things up a little bit, give you a small taste of, of kind of what we're going to be dipping into in next season. And I think that we accomplished a lot of things if you look back across this whole season. And I'm considering doing sort of a little bit of a retrospective whenever, because uh, I, I do want to do some sort of a, I called it a holiday special. I don't really know. I don't really know what it's going to be, but I would like to have a guest on, hopefully at least one, and have a discussion, talk about, you know, the season itself, talk about the year, try to be as lighthearted as possible about things. And uh, yeah, just kind of give a, a good wrap up at the end of the year. So I'll probably go into all that a little bit more then, but um, season two is coming sooner than you think. It will definitely be after the first of the year, but I intend to jump back into it, you know, with both feet real quick. So you're not going to be waiting around for season two. Not long enough to forget about me, I hope. So, uh, but we'll be talking about a lot of cool stuff. I kind of wanted to talk about that. I don't want to say those episode names again, but you can find them on the Facebook page if you're curious, and I would encourage you to go take a look. Uh, give it a follow, give it a like, all that stuff helps. And uh, one way or another, I'll be talking to you guys again real soon on the next Clandestine Radio. <laughs>